and show us the way that you'd have us to go. Lord, have your way in us right now. And Lord, we'll give you the glory. We'll give you the honor. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. If I could get a little more in the monitors. Amen. I praise God for each of you on this morning. And I mean, I thank God for allowing us to be here just one more day. Just another day that the Lord has kept us and he's allowed us to be here. And for that, we ought to be grateful and we ought to be thankful. I'm grateful to see each and every one of you on today. Amen. I see my brother over there. Praise God for you. Amen. I thank God for you. Good to see each and every one of you. I love you. I praise God for you. Amen. And I'm just looking forward to hearing something from God on today. Does anybody need a word this morning? Say, I need a word from the Lord. Amen. Believe me, I needed to. I need a word from God. It's that which he has already shared. But often, even as we're ministering, amen, it's that which he also delivers even while we're yet here. And I want to do, I want to get a word from God on this morning. So we're going to Matthew, the 26th chapter. And we're going to be looking at verses 38 through 45. Again, that's Matthew, the 26th chapter. And we're going to be looking at verses 38 through 45. I thought it was appropriate that particularly as we are moving on the end of this week on Saturday, we'll be in shut-in services. Amen. And I wanted to talk about prayer on this morning. Amen. The importance of prayer, the importance of connection, connecting in prayer. And I pray that each of you will make plans to be with us on this Saturday. Amen. Starting at 9 a.m. Amen. And we want to go all the way through until Sunday morning. Amen. So please make plans to be with us. Join in with us. For those who watch virtually, we'll share as much as we can, amen, during that time of prayer and consecration. But we're focusing on getting ourselves right, aligning ourselves with God, getting a chance to be prayed for, getting a chance to pray for others, to pray for ourselves. Just a time to reset, amen. Come in and reset and spend some quiet time with God just to show God how much we love him. And the best way to show God you love him is to give him your most valuable asset which is not your money, but it is your time. Your time is the most valuable asset because it cannot be replenished. 
You can't go by more time. Amen. And so when we give God our time, we really show him how important he is. And it really is a demonstration of how much we love him. So for those of you who can and will join us starting at 9 a.m. on this Saturday, come be with us and shut in. It'll go all the way into our Sunday morning service. And I know that if you're there, you will receive something from the Lord. Amen. 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 Again, that's Matthew chapter 26, and we're looking at verse 38. And the word of the Lord says, Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Somebody say, watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Father, open our eyes, our spirits, our minds and be receptive to what you have to say to us in the next few destiny moments. Lord, do not allow us most of all to leave here the same way that we came. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I want to talk to you for a few moments from the thought. We were talking about pray with me. Say, pray with me. Pray with me. This is an invitation that Jesus really made to the disciples. To pray with him, or at least, at the very least, to be watchful. I want you to give context to this. When he's saying watch, I want you to understand that Jesus recognized he was about to be taken. He was about to be offered. And he wanted his disciples to either pray with him or watch with him so that he could pray prior to be taken, being taken by the centurions, to be taken by the men of, of war who were coming to get him and to take him before the Sanhedrin council, before he was to be accused of, of blasphemy before the Jewish council. He understood what was about to happen, and he asked and invited all the disciples to, why don't you watch while I'm praying? Can you watch while I'm praying? One of the things of note that you'll, often, that you'll hear here is something that's often picked out, but maybe it's not com completely put in context or emphasized the way that it should relative to the story, is that we hear Jesus. This is a human moment for Jesus. Because Jesus is saying, even in his prayer, he said, Lord, if you can, if you can find it in your will, allow this thing that I'm about to suffer to pass from me. Can you find another way for us to accomplish this mission, another way for me to accomplish my goal? If it, you can find it in your will, please allow this to pass from me. But not only does he pray it, he prays it, as you see in your text, he prays that same prayer three times. Three times he goes before God and says, Lord, if there's any way that I can get to my destination without struggling or suffering, please allow that to happen. But at the end, still, not your, my will, 
but thy will be done. I think Jesus was trying to be instructive in his prayer because I want you to get this and put it in your spirit. Remember the disciples asked Jesus, they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And God gave them the the, the model prayer, or I should say to me, a template of a prayer. Use this as a template on how you should pray. But after he gave them the template, the lesson about praying was not over. The lesson wasn't over. He gave them a template, but then even in how he lived, he was showing them how to pray. Because many of you understand that, that you really learn how to pray by going through something. Yeah, trouble, struggles and trials will teach you how to pray and teach you when to pray. And it'll keep you on your knees longer than any simple instructions that someone can give you. You have to, sometimes you have to go through the thing for yourself. I wish I had a few witnesses in here. Some, some of you know, some of you have children and all your children are different, but sometimes you have the child that you can tell what to do and then you have that child, you, they're going to have to show, they're going to have to find out for themselves. Come on in here now. You don't have to name your children. We might, we might know who they are. You don't have to raise your hand and call them out. But, but, but sometimes you can tell one child, yeah, don't put your hand on the stove. And they're like, okay, mom, they're not going to put their hands on the stove. But then you got that one who has a lot of questions. Why should I not? Put my hand. What, what might happen if I put my hands on the stove? And if you're not watching, they're going to put their hands on it just to figure out what happens and see if they can get away with it. I call them show me people. You got you to gotta show them. They, they, you can't tell them. <laughs> you you got to show them. Their, hands got, their fingers got to get a little crispy before they understand what you were trying to say. And before you laugh at them, some of y'all got some crispy hands in the spirit. <laughs> Because the Lord told you not to do it. He, he gave you reasons why you shouldn't do it. He, he put it in the scriptures why you shouldn't do it. But now you a show me person, so you had to put your little crusty hand on the, on the oven anyway and get a little burnt before you recognize, I, did, I probably, probably, shouldn't have, probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Lord told me to wait before I made that purchase, but I was getting kind of excited, and this money was burning a hole in my pocket, so I, I went and got it as soon as I had enough money, but then after a little while, and I couldn't keep up with the payments, and, 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 and I learned that I had put my hand on the oven, and I, my fingers got a little crispy, but if I had just listened to what God told me, I would have been all right. Uh, but, but, but see, I, I, I was so excited. I, I just needed to get married. I was tired. I was getting a certain age. And, you know, my, they said my, my, my window for having children, it was about to close. So I, I had to marry somebody. Come on in here. Real quiet through that. I, I need to be in a relationship. You, you know, I, I got needs. So you put your little hand on the stove and your fingers... Got a little crispy, and God was saying, I, I, I told you, telling you wasn't enough. You were a show-me person, so you had to find out for yourself. And then after you cried for a little while, after they took you through a few things, oh, come on in here now, after he struck you upside the head and left you alone with the children, come on now, huh? after the repo man, you trying to hide from the repo man, and you trying to park behind people because... Come on in here now. And he got you anyway. After you went through there and after you cried a few tears, then you, then you recognized that maybe I should have spent a little more time praying.
praying about this. Maybe instead of me being on my timetable, maybe I should have spent a little more time in prayer. We know God, he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time, but he's not on your timetable. Come on in here now. He, he's not on your timetable. He might, his blessings might not fit inside your window. You, it, it might not fit in your 10-year plan. But instead of going according to your plan, maybe you need to get down on your knees and pray, Lord, not my will. See, Jesus, when they asked him how to pray, Jesus said, the, the lesson is not over. I'm still teaching you how to pray. And part of it is understanding that it's not my will. Not according to my timetable. Not according even to how I want it to be done. Because some of us are suffering from, 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 from the David visual, the, the, the impact of the, of the David effect. And the, because, see, all of David's brothers looked like the blessing, but, but, it, it, but it was on David. And if they went only by what it looked like, I, I can imagine when he walked in and Samuel saw him, he's like, okay, is there somebody else? Come on in here now. But, but the oil started flowing, and the, and the oil was validation that, that, that the blessing was on David, even though he may not have looked like what, what, what Samuel was looking for. So what I'm telling you is sometimes in life we miss out on our blessings, we miss out on what we're praying for, and sometimes it walks right by us. And we didn't even see it. Walks right by us. And because we're not watching, this is what he said to the disciples. He said, watch and pray that you're in and not into temptation. You need to be watching. They, sometimes you might be asleep on your blessing when you should have been watching. You, you weren't praying. You weren't in tune with what the Spirit was doing and how it was moving. And because you weren't watching, you missed what God had offered for you. And because you missed, what it, missed, what, missed your timetable, you missed what God sent, then you get desperate and you start reaching for whatever else is available. And we've all been there. We've, we've reached for that which was available. That's how our society works. We like to get things in a certain time, and sometimes we'll accept less just because it's available. My God, my God. But I, I want to let you know that if you, when you accept less just because it's available, let me tell you who's the king of availability, and that's the devil. The devil will have a large, he has, he has stockpiles in his warehouse of things that are available, but they don't have your name on them. They're available. It's not what you're praying for, but it is available. So I've gotten to a certain age now, but when there are certain things that I'm looking for, and I was looking for something the other day, and I was looking for a certain cologne, and I was looking online for it, and there's a certain, I only like certain types of smells, and I was, I was looking for it, and then I had seen it in the store, and they told me it cost one thing. And then I looked online, and it cost something different. And you know what I realized? When I looked online, I realized they weren't charging enough. And because they weren't charging enough, I became suspicious of what they were selling. Come on in here now. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm teaching you something. There, there, there's a certain amount of quality of what I was looking for. And then when I saw it, and it was like 40 to 50% less than what they told me in the store. And I, I got suspicious. Because I began to think whatever they're offering 
is not of the same quality as what I was looking for. I was about to accept it because it was available and because it was less, but it wasn't the same thing. And I wonder how many times in life have we accepted things that are available and they're less than what God has for us and we take it simply because we don't want to wait. We don't want to wait. So you know this, I'll give you another example. Come in your wheelhouse. There are certain things, like you have certain foods. And in my house, we eat leftovers. I know some of y'all, 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 y'all rolling like that. Y'all throw food away. We don't do that in our house. We eat leftovers. But what I've learned over time is there are certain things you don't just slap it in the microwave. The microwave is faster, but it won't give you the same experience than if you put it in the oven for a little while. But to put it in the oven, you're going to have to wait for the oven to warm up. And, and, and sometimes in our, in our rush to, to, to throw it in the microwave, we miss out on the experience. We miss out on the blessing because we're in such a hurry. Yeah. So true, so true. Because we simply don't want to wait. So what's the lesson that Jesus was teaching about prayer? He did not give the disciples the words to his prayer. He was teaching them how to wait. He said, I, I need you to watch and wait right here while I go over here and pray. I'm testing you to see if you know how to wait. So he went over here and prayed, and then he came back, and he found him asleep. And, he, and then, of course, we know Peter's in charge because he addressed Peter. Peter, you're in charge of this group. I need you to wake up, watch. Can you not wait for me? Watch for me one hour. So then he goes apart again to pray. And then after he's prayed the same prayer that he's already prayed, then he comes back to the disciples again. And there they are asleep again. Come on, guys, wake up. I need you to watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. So then he goes over and he prays one more time. And then when he comes back, he's trying to instruct them on how to wait. He finds them sleep again. And he says to them, I need you to get this in your spirit. He said, the spirit is willing. Said, but the flesh is weak. Oh, what a profound statement that Jesus has made that has broken through eternity and still means so much to us right now. If we would just live by, 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 live by that word, the spirit is willing. But the flesh is weak. Oh, that has so many connotations and applications that, that even exceed and extrapolate the spiritual. Yes, in the spiritual, that means sometimes our, our, our spirit wants to it, but our body doesn't want to wait. Yeah, come on now. I, I, you, you want to receive those items. You want to get those things, but you don't want to wait on the quality item. You don't want to wait till you save up till you can afford it. You don't want to wait on God to send the right spouse in your direction. You want to lose weight, but you don't. The spirit is willing. Talk to me now. But the flesh, somebody say the flesh. The flesh is weak. 
Jesus was trying the disciples in this moment. I gave you a template on how you should pray. And I've told you you're going to have to go through tribulation. But I'm now trying to give you instructions and give you an example of how you simply need to wait. Need to wait. Need to watch and wait. Watch and pray. Watch and wait. Watch and pray. And how many of us right now are living beneath our privilege because we did not wait? How many of us have accepted things that are inferior because we did not wait? How many of us were living, are living right now with lifelong consequences of choices, that permanent choices that we made in temporary situations simply because we did not have the patience Wait. So what is God teaching me in this moment? Maybe God in this moment, God is teaching me that if I want the very best, and I need somebody in here who won't settle for less, tell them, I say, I want the best. I want the best of what God has for me. If I want the best, it's oftentimes I'm going to have to learn how to wait. I have to learn how to wait. I want it, but I have to wait for it. I desire it, but I'm going to have to wait for it. And in between, I can accept the devil's availability. It's available because when you pray for a spouse, the devil has a lot of inventory. <laughs> oh, come on in here now. The devil has a lot of available inventory to send in your direction. A lot of things that are available. So if you're not patient, you'll accept that which is available instead of that which is waiting for you. Because if it's really for me, the Bible says the blessings of the Lord make it rich and addeth no, no sorrow with it. Yeah, because he, you're waiting on a spouse, and, and, and she looks good, and she smells good, and she makes you look good, but she has some sorrows that she's carrying with her, and if you jump on that which is available and don't wait, you'll be wishing, like some people, some people, many people, you don't raise your hand. Like, if I'd only known then what I know now, I would have said I don't <laughs> instead of I do. <laughs> because you did not wait. Some people right now just think about it. how many things keep you up at night simply because you didn't have the patience to wait on what God was trying to do. And some of you right now, you're literally, it's like you're in a holding pattern, in a holding pattern. And God has you there because he wants you to wait on what he has for you. The thing is, this is what, this is, see, the waiting period, that's your weak period. When you're waiting, that's when you're the weakest. The devil, devil doesn't want, the devil's not going to attack you right when you get it. 
Are you happy and joy? You flipping in church and blowing bubbles and crawling around on the floor once you got it. But while you're in the waiting period, that's when you are the weakest. That's why Jesus was saying to them, it hasn't happened yet, but it's about to happen. Right here in this weak period, I need you to watch and pray that you don't enter into temptation. That you don't accept what the devil has available. He's not going to attack you right after you get it. He's going to attack you while you're waiting. Attack you while you're waiting. And if you, if you, if you fall prey to accepting what he offers you while you're waiting, some of those choices you're going to regret the rest of your life. Because you have accepted something less than what God has for you. Baby, I I want everything. Somebody say everything. I want everything that God has available for me, even if I have to wait for it. I have to wait for it. Mothers, I I can tell. I I know mothers. I remember my wife, she she was blessed with my, my son. She was pregnant really during... Mostly during the wintertime when she really, when she, you know, when you're really pregnant. Still chilly outside. But then when my daughter came along, she was pregnant in the summertime. And it was hot. And you know our humidity was coming on you. I, I remember she was waiting for a certain date. And the doctor offered her an earlier date. And she said, yeah, let's do that. Because you know, only women, men, you laughing, women are the only ones really understand. When you really pregnant, I'm talking about you right there. You're ready. But you're not, you're not going to allow the doctor, just because you're waiting and just because you're frustrated, you're not going to say, Lord, doctor, take this baby at three months. You're not going to say, I'm tired. Take this, this baby at five months. Yeah, I'm tired. You know why? Because you understand that what you're waiting for, get this, is not ready. And sometimes, I want you to get this, sometimes it's not the blessing that's not ready. Sometimes it's you that's not ready. You're not ready. You're You're simply not ready. You want it, but you're not ready. You desire it but you're not ready. You see other people getting things and just because they're getting it, you think, well, I, I'm better than they are. You don't, don't have to raise your hand. That's what you think. I, I worked as hard as they have. I, I'm more saved than they are. Come on, I'm, I'm just saying what you're thinking. I, I've gone through more than they've gone through. You don't even know that whole story, but you say, I've gone through more than they have. You don't know what they've gone through. Why haven't I gotten that what I need from the Lord? But you know something I learned, my my son Justin, when he was in track, I learned something. I learned that the track was curved. And because the track was curved, on certain races, they didn't start at the same place. Because the track was curved. If you started them at the same spot, some people on the outside would have to run farther than people 
on the inside. Are you with me? Because the track is curved. Come here, Brendan. Come here, Brother Xavier. I'm use some examples today. Because the track, somebody say the track is curved. Okay. So if, because the track is curved, some people have to do more than others. So I'm going to put my baby. This is my baby. Put her right here. Come on, Brother Xavier. You stand on the outside of her. All right. You stand right on the outside of her face. All right. Now, because the track is curved, I can make a little loop before they do. All right. I want you, Brother Xavier, Brent, I want you both all make a loop around me and go back to where you were. While they're doing that, I can do this, and I'm back where I started, and look, they're still walking. Because the track, come on, y'all, it's curved. So what they do to make it more fair is they all have different starting positions. So Brother Xavier, take two big steps forward. And then Brennan, take a step forward. So because the track is curved, our starting positions are different. And some of y'all think y'all special. Because your starting position was different. Come on, thank you. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you, brother. Give them a hand. You think you're special because your starting position was different. I think in the world they say you were Born on third and thought you hit a triple. <laughs> thought you did something. But, but, but your starting positions are different. And what, what that means is, because your starting positions are different, sometimes there are things that others are going through that you didn't have to go through. And then sometimes there are things that you have to go through that others didn't go through. But because my starting position was different, doesn't make me any better than anybody else. But what I've learned is, baby, I got to run my race. I got to stay inside my lane. Point at your neighbor and say, stay in your lane, baby. I got to run my race. I got to stay inside my lane because as soon as I start looking at somebody else, I'm losing my race. I'm losing my momentum. I'm not going in the direction that God would have me to go. I need to stay in my lane and I need to run my race. And see, the problem is some of y'all are chasing blessings because you don't know how to wait. God gave me this lane right here and if I run in my lane, God is going to overtake me with blessings. But the problem is you see your neighbor getting a blessing. So instead of staying in your lane, you step in their lane. And what happens is when you step in their lane, they've already got the blessing because it was in that lane. So then you try and get in somebody else's lane and you keep missing the blessing because you won't stay in your lane. Somebody point at your neighbor and say, run your race and stay in your lane. Because I came to tell somebody, if you wait on the Lord, if you wait on him, 
the blessings are coming if you wait on him the blessings are growing if you wait on him God's waiting on you to get ready for what he has in store for you God said you're not waiting on me but God said I'm waiting on you and he said when you get there the blessing is waiting when you get there if you wait on me the blessing's already there I just need you to run somebody say run run the race that I've given you and if you keep on running the blessings keep coming if you keep on running the blessings will keep flowing he said I need you to keep on running and he said you're gonna run right into your blessing you're gonna run right into your breakthrough you're gonna run right into what God has for you that's why David said I can't stay right here but David said he ain't though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I fear no evil because my blessing my breakthrough goodness and mercy are gonna follow me all the days of my life everyone standing on your feet go and put those hands together and give God Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. He was trying to teach them something. He was giving them instructions on how to wait. And maybe that's where you somebody is on this morning. You're like, why, why is this taking so long? Maybe Jesus is right where he was with the disciples with you. Maybe he's giving you instructions on what's coming. I wish I had help here. He's giving you instructions on what is coming. Instructions on what is about to happen in my life. And you know what? You should be encouraged because I came to tell every single one of you. Jesus gives you the instructions, but get this. You already have a copy. <laughs> Touch your name and say, you already have a copy. I said, I, I already, I gave you a copy of the instructions. And if you read my instructions, it's going to tell you what's coming. I wish above all things. How may it prosper. Be in health even as your soul prospers. You have a copy of the instructions. You have a copy of what God wants to do in your life. But the question is, will you trust him? Will you trust him? Will you trust him? Will you trust him? Because what God has for you is worth waiting for. Oh, I wish I had some amens right there. What God has for you, what God has for you, it's worth, it's worth waiting for. I praise God 
And I often reflect that. I praise God for my wife. Come on, give first lady a hand. Praise God for my wife because my wife has been with me long enough to know that she's been with me long enough to know that pastoring wasn't even my goal. Wasn't even what I was looking for. But she knows that because I was just thinking the other day we were together for a long time before we even got engaged. Before we got engaged, we had been together so long. God had blessed us and allowed us to come together that we waited for that moment. I had to wait for her. Because he that finds a wife finds a, a good thing. And we're going we're gonna to preach that. We're going to do a sermon on, we're going to do a message on relationships and marriage. We're going to do a series on that. But when I found her, in her mind, what was already planted was a good wife. <laughs> God just brought out what was already in her. When we got engaged and then we waited for two years before we got married. Some people meet and get married within two years. That's your path. That's how God, that's not, that wasn't my path. There are some things that maybe you were ready. I think God had to work on some things with me. Waited for two years. And now God allow us to see December of this year. It'll be 23 years that we've been married. But we had to wait because the devil had plenty of available inventory all along the way. Come on in here with me now. We had to wait. And let me tell you, she was worth waiting for. Worth waiting for. It was worth the wait. And that's how God works because you know what? This is even how the Bible describes it. He says the woman is pregnant and she travails and she's hurting and she's struggling and she's suffering through the pregnancy. But it says as soon as the baby is born, all the travail, all of the hurt, all of the pain, all of that is wiped away just to be able to hold that little baby in her arms. What, I, what I'm telling you, the waiting that you're going through right now, the trials you're going through right now won't mean a thing because when God gives you what he has for you, you'll forget all the waiting. You'll forget all the pain. You'll forget all the trials because what he has for you is worth waiting for. I want you to point at three people and say, it's worth waiting for. It's worth waiting for. I come to tell you, it's worth it's worth waiting for. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, right now, Lord, some of us are in the midst of that, that disciple's lesson right now. Lord, we're in the middle of waiting, and while we're waiting, Lord, you're giving us instructions on how to be patient. You're trying our faith right now, Lord, and even though we don't see the outcome, Lord, we're going to trust in you. We're going to trust you. We're not trusting our circumstances. We're not trusting our own instinct. But Lord, all of our faith, all of our hope, and all of our trust is in you. We're trusting you in this moment because we know whatever you have for us, Lord, we know it's worth waiting for. Lord, we declare right now in the name of Jesus, 
Lord, you said faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things right, not seen. Lord, right now, in the midst of us waiting, send your people the evidence. Help them to have the patience to wait. And Lord, we know that whatever you are blessing them with, Lord, it is exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask, think, or imagine. And we declare it in their lives right now in Jesus' name. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. For those of you who've been watching online, we pray that you live by faith and that you wait on God. Because whatever he has for you, it is worth the wait. God bless you. pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Give a Fun. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line and in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.